Well, summer. Life's busy. and all kind, I mean, at least in our world, life's just cranking. You know, all kinds of stuff going on. And, and uh, all kinds of activity. And, and if you're not careful, you can, get, you can get kind of distracted by stuff that doesn't matter and miss out on some of the stuff that's really important. You know, you just got to pay attention. Can't let yourself get, uh, you know, so busy that you miss the stuff that matters. Somebody say amen. You know, and uh, I think sometimes in life that's just kind of what happens is that uh, the enemy has a strategy and tactics that'll that'll get us so busy and we'll get caught up in, in other things. We miss the stuff that really makes the bigger difference in our life. And Jesus said in John 10, 10, he said, you know, the thief. He comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. That, that thief comes to mess with your life. He comes to take things. He comes to rip you off. He comes to, you know, to, to bring that devastation or destruction. But he said, but I've come that you might have and enjoy life. Life in abundance to the top till it overflows. Love the Amplified there. In abundance to the top till it overflows. You know, God, there ain't no shortage with God. He's an abundant God. But he said, I've come that you might have life. That word life there in the Greek is zoe, Z-O-E. It means life like God has it. We refer to it all through the book as in the Bible, you know, as eternal life. When, when, when you're reading about eternal life, what you're really reading about is it's a different kind of life. It's not just inhaling and exhaling. It, it, it's God's kind of life. And God's kind of life has more life than death. Right? More joy than sorrow, more peace than chaos, more hope than despair, more provision than life. It's a different life. It's, it's, uh, you know, a lot of people think that eternal life, that, that, that starts when you die. No, that starts when you're born again. Okay, and, and, and you're, you're, you're being, you know, you're being reestablished. That's what Jesus came to do. See, when, when, when God put uh, man in, on the planet, he had this authority, he had this anointing, he had dominion, and sin separated him from the, the purpose and plan of God. But Jesus came to reconnect us to that position of life that we were supposed to be operating in all along, right? And, 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 and it's, uh, it's God's desire for you and I to have uh, insane power and victory in our life. That, you know, that we would demonstrate Satan's defeat every day of our life. It's not the absence of trouble. It's, it's just the presence of strength. Like, you know, uh, Paul said, I, I'm ready for an equal to anything that comes my way. Through Christ, who's infused me with his inner strength. What is that? He's given me that real life. I got God life. I got something that's bigger than the problems. I have a purpose that, that, is, that is so much bigger than the problems that I stop noticing the problems because I'm so fascinated by the purpose. And, and, and the God life itself is just, you know, energizing me and causing me to mount up with wings and, and causing, you know, I run and don't get weary. I walk and don't faint. You know, it's, it's different. You know, so many of us, we're, you know, we're just, we, we live just like people who don't have God. We, we, we get born again. We, maybe, maybe we sign a card or get a T-shirt or something. And, and we're just hanging on because we know that when we die, we're going to heaven. Well, can I just tell you that life on earth can be a lot better than, 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 than getting beat up from the street up every single day of your life. There's something, there's something bigger there. But, but we, we trade that. We exchange that, that God life. We exchange it for, for all kinds of stuff. And uh, I, I want to look at Matthew sixteen twenty six just for a minute. What does it profit 
a man if he gains the whole world but loses his own soul? And, you know, I, I think, you know, you and I, we might have difference of opinion uh, on certain things, but, but let's see if we can come to a place of agreement here for a minute. What will a man give in exchange for his soul? I want to read this from the Amplified. A couple of verses. We'll back up and, and work through it. Uh, but Jesus talking to his disciples. And how many know that just, just, being, just the word disciple kind of indicates there might be discipline involved? You might, okay, if you're going to be a follower of Christ, there's probably going to be, if you're going to be a disciple, there's probably going to be some discipline. You know, we're kind of in a society, in a mindset that, that doesn't want to actually have any discipline. We, we'd rather have a prayer line. I'm not against the prayer line. I, I believe in that. But if you really think that getting some anointing and maybe even spending some carpet time, you know, under the unction of the Holy Spirit, that, that, but you're not going to have to have any discipline in your life. You're missing the point, see. Uh, he said to his disciples, if anyone, if anyone, that, that kind of means anyone, don't it? He's not limited to you guys, but he's talking to his disciples. And he said, if anyone desires to be my disciple, anybody that des- desires, there's a key word there, desire. Maybe, maybe to be a follower of Christ, we, we need to re- realize we're going to have to have some desire. Need to stir up some passion here. Let him deny himself. It's already starting to sound bad. Uh, disregard, lose sight of, and forget himself and his own interests. Well, wait a minute. I thought if I come to God, he was all about giving me what I want. No, that's what we told you to get you to respond. Now we're giving you full disclosure Sunday. That really what you have to do is die to yourself. Take up your cross. Well, what's that? That's denying yourself. Uh, and follow me. Conform wholly to my example in living and, if need be, in dying also. Look at your neighbor and say, ouch. Uh, for whoever is bent on saving his temporal life, his comfort and security here, will lose it, eternal life. What do you mean if I make a mistake, I'm, I'm missing heaven? Well, let's just put it this way. Again, eternal life doesn't start when you die. It starts when you're born again. I want you just, just this morning, listen, we, we don't have a lot of time, so I need you to just, you know, be teachable. And, and, and receive with meekness the engrafted word of God, which has the power to save your soul. That if you're trying to save your comfort, your security, it, the Bible it says you're going to lose your eternal life. That God life, you you might have heaven taken care of, but it's the ability to demonstrate Satan's defeat right here. The, the, you you might you might lose God life, more life than death. You might lose that more joy than sorrow. You get separated from that. He said, whoever loses his comfort and security here, for my sake, shall find it. He's telling us that there's, if you go at it your way, you're going to miss my results. And you're going to have to trust me and go after it my way, Jesus said, so that you can get the God life 
that you've been reconnected to through relationship with me. Look at verse 26. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world but forfeits his blessed life? You know that life where you're positioned to win and succeed regardless of any situation? That's what the word blessed means. It means to be positioned to win or succeed regardless of any situation. That power, what does it profit you if you gain all this other stuff, but you miss the opportunity to live this blessed life? What would a man give as an exchange for his blessed life? What is it that you are selling out God life for? You know, what, so you, you, you know, here's the deal. Uh, I know a lot of people who will dig their heels in and fight for their argument. You know, they're going to prove they're right. They, 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 they'll fight for that. But when it comes to the, to, to taking a stand on the word of God, it's like, there ain't no fight in them. I think we're, I think we, we might be missing, uh, our ability to demonstrate Satan's defeat because we, we because we're moved we're moved so easily by circumstances and situations, and we don't fight for this life that God has given us. Uh, look at this. Go go right back to Genesis chapter two. And the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils, verse seven, the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Man became a living soul. And, and the Lord God planted a garden eastward of Eden. And there he put the man whom he had formed. Out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life also in the midst of the garden and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And, and a river went out of Eden toward, uh, uh, to water the garden. And from thence it was parted and became into four heads. And the name of the first was Pison and uh, that compasses the whole land of Havilah where there is gold and the gold of that land is good. Everybody say gold is good. I like gold. Hey, if you don't like gold, could I have yours? Um, gold is good. And the Bedellum and the Onyx stone and the name of the second river is Gion. And the same is it that compasses the whole land of Ethiopia. And the name of the third river is Hadekel. And that is it which goeth towards the east Assyria. And the fourth river is Euphrates. And the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. So man becomes a living soul. Better translated, a speaking spirit. Man became a speaking spirit. This is the thing that makes us more like God and less like any other creature on the planet. Is that you have the ability, like God, uh, you have you have the ability to communicate with words. Uh, words is the is the Hebrew word debar. Uh, you'll remember back a few, you know, quite a while ago when we were talking about debar. I told you you need to spend a lot more time in debar. In the word. Okay, not the bar, in the bar. And words, the same, the same word is used for uh, words as the, same, as the word things, and it's also the same word as matter, or, or you know, that which all, all things are made up of. Your words change things, create things, cause things to become matter, material. And, you know, that's Mark 11. And uh, if you study the Word of God, you realize that you have the power of death and life is in the tongue. And, and words... Words matter. And you're, you're, you're different from any other creature on the planet because you have this gift that God's dropped in you 
it, you became a speaking spirit. And the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden. Look at your neighbor and say, I've been planted in the garden. That's easy for us to say, isn't it? Look where we're at. The garden. Matter of fact, if you want a really great, if you want a really great teaching on our third anniversary, Tony Cook, who was the, uh, the dean of Raymond Bible College for 20 years, he came and taught all these, all of these river things and, and, and about the, I mean, it was crazy good. Go back and find that one and listen to that. You'll be amazed. But, uh, the Lord God put man and put him in the garden and then he, uh, put the man in the garden and to dress it and to keep it. Everybody say dress it and keep it. So, so let's look at this real quick. Again, we don't have a lot of time, so hurry up. Man has been breathed on by God. Say, thank you, Jesus. God plants a garden. Okay, so we got God. He's breathed on man. Man becomes a living soul, a, a breathing, a speaking spirit. And he, God goes to work. He plants a garden. Man's placed in the garden by God. And man is given his first job. Because he's told to dress it and keep it. So just, just, just a side point, way before God gives man a woman, God gives man a job. So, you know, single ladies, all the single ladies, when he's telling you how, how beautiful your eyes are and how, how he loves the tone of your skin, interrupt him and say, do you have a job? Because if you don't have a job, just shut that right there and go find one. Just saying, it's in the Bible. Okay, so man's given his first job. Wouldn't it be weird to find out that the first job that God gave man, we ain't doing it. Well, God put man in the garden and he told him to dress it and keep it. And you're probably thinking that God told man to be a gardener. You really think God walked up and he walked him out and set him down in the garden and said, hey, let's see how big the cucumbers are around here. No. A little bit, little bit of info, insight into the Hebrew language. Okay, In the Hebrew language, every letter is really cool. Every letter is a picture. And uh, you need to study, you need to, you know, you need to maybe spend some time and study Hebrew. It's, it's awesome. Every noun is assigned a gender. It's already assigned, okay? So uh, a, a gender, it's, it's, a, it's a masculine or a feminine gender. And, you know, that, well, that sounds odd. Not really, because if you were going to take your car and you're going to take your car out on the highway, and you're going to see how fast your car will go, you would say, hey, I got a new car. Let's see how fast she is. Let's take her out for a spin. And, you know, we, we do that. We assign gender to, to, to nouns. In the Hebrew, it's already done. So man, obviously, would be a masculine noun. right? Well, the, the word garden is also a masculine noun. So God formed man, breathed. Life into him, it puts him in the garden, masculine noun, and says dress and keep it. And pronouns are assigned their, you know, their gender by the writer so that you'll know what you're talking about. It's like if, if you, you know, at our house we had uh, three boys, uh, and we would never say when it was time to put the boys to bed, we'd never say put her to bed. Unless we were talking about Shelby. Right. Because if we're talking about the boys, you know, we and and 
you know, very seldom did I say, it's crying, pick it up. We'd assign a gender, he's crying, pick him up, put him to bed. So when we're reading, God put man in the garden, that's, that's a male, a masculine noun, dress and keep it. The it in the Hebrew, it's been translated for us, it, but the, but the word in the Hebrew is a feminine pronoun. So he's not referring to the garden. So God created man. He, he breathed life into him. He became a living soul. God planted a garden, and he picked him up, and he put him in the garden, and he told him, Okay, dress and keep. There's, there's a bunch of, bunch of info in those two words, dress and keep. We'll get to that in a second. But he said, what I want you to do is, is I want you to, some of your Bibles say guard, protect. I, I want you to guard and protect it. But he's not talking about the garden. You've got to go back and find out, well, what, what, was the, what was the feminine noun that he's referring to? And you go all the way back up to where God formed man out of the dust and he breathed life into him. And man became a living soul. And that's the feminine noun. So what God said was, he picked him up, he put him in the garden, and he says, I want you to guard and protect your soul. I want you to begin to, to, you know, well, think about it. I wish above all things, brethren, that you would prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. Receive with meekness the engrafted word of God, which has the power to save your soul. See, what what God's dealing with your soul. God did not put him in the garden and say, you know, make sure that the rabbits don't come in here and get the cabbages. He said, no, I've given you a gift, and it's real life. You're not like anything else on the planet. There's something that separates you from, from everything else on the planet, and I've given you this gift, and I want you to guard it and protect it, cultivate it. I want you to go to work and grow this area of your life. You need to, you need to renew your mind. See, when Jesus came and reconnected us back and, and, and we got that God life flowing again. See, the enemy, he, he didn't want you to understand that what had been taken from mankind had, had just been given back to mankind. That the life that separated you from, from everybody else, that God life, that you had just now been reconnected to it, he doesn't want you to know that. And so he has you fighting to protect your argument or your opinion instead of fighting to protect your soul. He, he doesn't want you knowing that, that, that uh, no weapon formed against me can prosper. And every tongue that rises against me, I can condemn. No, he, he'd, rather have you, he'd rather have you under the impression that circumstances dictate and control your life. I just want you to see this. I mean, like I said, I only got a couple seconds here, but, but here's the deal is that God formed man and breathed life into him and he became a speaking spirit. God said, I want you to protect what's coming out of your mouth. I want you to cultivate your ability to speak. And I want you to start speaking like I speak. I want you to realize that your words change environments. I, I, I want you to know that that uh, uh, that the word of God. You know, he, he said in Proverbs, he said, "My son, attend to my words, hearken to my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes, for they are life to those that find them, health and healing to all their flesh." I, I want you to know that that your body, your physical body, is going to respond when you're speaking my word. See, you, you got to realize that if you if you Desire to be my disciple. 
There's some things you're going to have to be willing to step away from. Because if you hang on to that lower life, you're going to miss it. God life. If you keep talking about how you feel, you're going to miss the power of health and healing that could be released through your words. Because your body's responding to your conversation. You know, there's a couple different styles of conversation. There's the one you say to everybody else, and then there's the one you say to yourself. And, and the communication that you communicate with yourself needs to be in alignment with what God says. And then you begin to bring that out, and, and, and that's what, how you begin to communicate to everyone around you. But first, you've got to agree with God. And until you agree with God, you probably ought not to be talking to everybody else. We use our words to describe everything that we don't like. And God's saying, see, here's the deal. You're not guarding and protecting your ability to be a speaking spirit. You're in agreement with the natural realm, but you're supposed to be living, being led by the spirit. So, so you're, you're a speaking spirit. You're a living soul. You've got to guard and protect that. You've got to guard and protect that. don't really have time this morning. Maybe in the next couple of weeks we'll go into it. But I'd say something that's really awesome. It's really cool. If, when, you're, when you're reading your Bible and you go to Genesis chapter 1 and you read the very first verse, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And then you keep reading, and, and, and on day two, on day two, it says that God creates the heaven. Wait a minute, I thought he already did that. And you go down, and you get to day three, and he creates the earth. Well, wait a minute, I thought, he, I thought in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Well, see, it, what you and I don't understand is that, is that what it's really saying, what it really says, is that in the beginning there were two realms. There was a heaven, spirit realm, and there was a natural realm, heaven and earth. So, so when you read verses like in Colossians, when it says, uh, let's set our mind on things above, not on things of the earth. He's talking about get your head up here and be led by the spirit realm, not the natural realm. If you live by the natural realm, let, let, me tell you, let me tell you what you're giving up. You're giving up that gift that I gave you. You're giving up that God life ability to demonstrate Satan's defeat because you're living in the natural realm. You've got to get up here in the spirit realm and you've got to be led by the spirit. You gotta take authority over that and you gotta, you gotta begin to speak in alignment with the Spirit. Well, yeah, but look what's happening in the natural. I guarantee you that the natural realm will begin to shift and adjust to the communication that you have as you're being led by the Spirit. That just sounds kind of spooky, spooky to me. Well, stay in the natural realm. How's that working for you? You know, in 1980, my father was sent home to die with cancer. He had tubes up his nose to feed him. He couldn't, he didn't have enough strength to hold his head up. Better get the family together because you're going to die. He was sitting in a chair reading Proverbs 4. And, 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 he, and he started reading that over and over and over and over and over. My son, hearken to my words. Don't let them depart from your eyes. It's life, it's health, it's healing. And he, and he began to confess. He called out to my mom. He said, Velma! Yes, dear. I'm healed. That's nice. He just started confessing it over and over and over and over. They had all the x-rays. He had been through chemotherapy. He had been through radiation. They burnt his heart. His heart was burnt in half. His blood pressure. He didn't have any the last 25 years of his life. He had no blood pressure. None. He'd go in to get checked, and the doctors would pass out. He, he was a living miracle. I mean, breathing miracle. How in the world do you live? By the Word of God. 
I mean, this, this guy, this guy was just, it was crazy. I'm telling you, he'd speak to his body every, every day. Was it easy? There was an instant turnaround. No, there was a warfare. But guess what? Guess what he found out? He found out that God's word is true. Well, that's just one case. There's several people in this room. I won't point them out today that we should have been eating potato salad. Because, you know, that's what happens when you die, right? When you die, they throw your body in a hole in the ground, throw dirt in your face, and go back to church and eat potato salad. And there's people in this room, we should have buried them a long time ago. What, what, there's marriages that should have been broken a long time ago. There's financial situations that should have been devastating a long time ago. What happened? Well, somebody stood up and said, you know what? I'm not going to trade my God life. It doesn't profit me to give up God life, even if it looks like I'm gaining the whole world. Because I've got to tell you something about the whole world. The whole world is at war against God. You need to guard and protect that gift that God's given you. You need, you need to cultivate that. You know, you know I, I want to challenge you just over the next few days, just, just over the next few days, just find the, just find it, just check yourself. You know, maybe, maybe empower somebody close to you to, to nudge you every time, every time that you're speaking death. Every time you're speaking not in alignment, maybe somebody that can just go, you know, maybe a signal like, <whistles> of course, it's going to wear your friend out. Because they're just, you know, you might want to buy them a whistle. Okay. Because we're under the impression that we're all life-giving and positive, and everybody that knows us is going, Mm-mm, that ain't you, Jack. Yeah, and, and you need to realize that, that what we need to do is we need to go to war now. We need to, we need to get strong. We need to get a, a disciplined desire. Now, I, I want to be disciplined. I want to be a follower of Christ. I want that God life thing because you want to you want to know why? Because it's bigger than just how it's going to impact me. It 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 influences how we're going to impact this region. It's bigger than us. You know, I just close with this thought: if if Shelby and I. Come in with a really bad attitude. Well, everybody has a bad day. Well, if we if we start having bad days, if we buy into that, it's going to influence a few more people. The, the people that we do life with, you know, we're going to, you know, you know. So I'm having a bad day and running to Todd, and Todd says, "Well, this is going on. I'm just well, you might as well just blow up your shop." <laughs> Tell you what, I'd do if I was you. I'd fire every one of them guys working for you. Fire them. Come into the office, and Lene says, "So and so called and say, call them back and tell them." Where are you going? I'm going to go see Scott. What are you going to tell Scott? To start hating people. Yes, it will only take a day or so till we impact quite a few lives. Well, let me tell you something. Your impact's actually greater than ours. We can look around the room and see the impact of our life. You have to go outside the building to contain the impact of yours. Yours is much bigger than ours. It does not take long. You know, well, the doctor says, and if you start agreeing with him, well, yeah, but he's really smart. He's not smarter than God. I, and I know, I, know, I know that's what he said. And, and I'm, I'm not telling you to pretend he didn't say that, but I'm telling you, no, quite often your circumstance and your situation is positioning you 
to demonstrate the goodness of God, the power of God, the glory of God. It don't do no good to have a bunch of power if you don't ever have any opportunity to use it. So when the doctor says you're going to die, you shouldn't. You, you should say, <laughs> this is going to be fun. Why? Well, because I know I'm not going to die, but live and declare the goodness of my king. When they say there's no way that you can make it through here, say, oh, this is going to be awesome. This is going to be awesome because my God supplies all my needs. You got to guard. You got to guard that mouth. You, you got to speak the word of God. And you, you got you to be led by the spirit and not by the natural realm. It, you know, we're going to learn how to blend them. But the reality is, is that we, we, we live in a position of authority. We've got power. And we need to use that. And we need, we need to fight to protect it. Hello, somebody. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm glad you're here. Tell them, because, well, just say this. You'll get that on the way home. Father, let's pray. Father, we just thank you.